Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 55 of An Apotheosis of Bombast, brought to you, as always, by myself, Mr. Scott Copperman, and my co-host from across the Atlantic, Mr. Elton McManus. How are you doing? Word. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. I'm once again off my face on Red Bull and Day Nurse, I think it is, and it's just terrible. I've caught the kids' sniffles once again. Oh. I'm just... Not immune to the kids whatsoever, but I'm doing good apart from that. Well, so your kids were sick a little while ago, or you just—it's the general youthful cold you're talking about. It was after the the England USA match, and we had a party, and they stayed up far too late for their own good. So did we, and I think we all just burned each other out. So <laughs> they had the sniffles in the morning and coughs at night, and we was all cuddling them, and they sort of rubbed their germs all over us. So, yeah, I'm all... Ugh, I've got the lurgy at the moment. Yeah. There was a episode of Mythbusters on just this... Pat- well, it was on again last night, but it it's definitely this season, and it's about the flu. And... Yeah. Um, Adam has, like, a fake snot drip. Somehow they wire something up, and and he's got three germaphobes with him, and he's got three people who don't know... So the three germaphobes are trying to avoid getting the cold that they know he has, and the other three people don't have any idea that he's got this drip or what the whole deal is. And they simulate Ew. basically a, a dinner party. And at the end, they bring out the old uh, black light to show where the, the snots have been <laughs> spread to. Oh, and, no. uh, oh it's, it's bad. It's, is it's it everywhere. Everywhere. No, even the people who tried their hardest not to get it have it everywhere, and in just you, you don't realize you touch your glasses, you touch your nose, you you know it was it was distressing. And yeah, uh, oh god, that's how it would be in every single family's house, wouldn't it? Germs are everywhere anyway. These people that go around bleaching their houses, they're just. They're causing more problems than what they're actually solving, really, sometimes, where they're just killing every single germ around their house. Sometimes, though, I think if they didn't do that, it'd be ten times worse, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I'll I'll see if they have, like, an excerpt on YouTube, and if so, I'll put it in the show notes so people can see it. You can probably even see it on the discoverychannel.com website. One way or another, I'll find a link to it. And it it's something that, in the back of my head, I keep thinking they should just show every kid at school. You know, because you sit there and you you blow your nose and you you think you're covering up when you cough and all, but you just don't realize how it it's, it's going everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it sounds gross. Kids are gross. Yeah, Ugh. don't have kids. Kids. Oh, that's adults <laughs> too. Some of them. Ugh. So, how's the uh, the broken leg? Have you seen the man who's who's been crippled by your son? Is it broken leg or broken arm? He's broken leg. He's got a full leg cast at the moment. Is he hamming it he up? Said he said he feel guilty. I, I, he mentioned it the other day. I, I bumped into him and he mentioned it. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. He went, oh, it's all right. Don't worry. Your kid broke my leg, but, you know, it's cool. <laughs> uh, he's he's doing good at the moment. He's struggling from doing lots and lots of stuff to absolute, absolutely doing nothing whatsoever. And that must be a bit weird. But he said it was from shin splints. He had shin splints. He was training for a triathlon. And he went in for a tackle with my son and... My son went over the ball and broke his leg. So, but he did. My son did the normal six-year-old thing of, oh, okay, knocked him over. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? And ran off for the ball instead of worried about the man screaming in pain on the floor with the floppy leg. So, <laughs> but I, th- I think any other kid would do that, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, definitely. It's unintentional. So he's all right. The guy's all right, and Jacob just doesn't think about it anymore. So it's just another little episode in his life. Until you get the lawsuit a little bit later. I've missed six weeks of work because of your child. Yes, I'm, I'm not holding my breath for it, but you know some people are like that, I know. <laughs> Hopefully not. At least it's not your your son this year. <laughs> so, yes. And yeah. it's, I'm and sure that'll be move next on. year. It seems to be a, a thing around here at the moment. So. Yeah. yeah, it's good, good at the moment, though. Anything else exciting happening on that side? Um... No, nothing really, nothing. It's basically everything is revolving around the World Cup. I know it's very hard to believe with all these drawn games and <laughs> everyone's blaming the ball for this uh, 
dismal World Cup, but at the moment, life is revolving around watching matches of football and working and then coming home and watching some football and working and a bit circular at the moment. So yeah. No, nothing much going on. Well, I think as it gets to be, once I get out of the groups, I think it'll be more exciting here for people. You know, we'll, they'll have more of a sense of a, uh, a full-out tournament, kind of what do they go to 16, right? 16 advance to the Yeah, that's groups. right, yeah. I think at that point we'll have a different interest level here, especially if the United States is one of the teams. Yeah, I'm hoping that they get through as well. And England's match is on the Friday, which is tomorrow, so it should be good. should be good. Yeah. I'm going to go for 3-0, so in the future, this is like a message to me in the future, we will win 3-0. And so by the time you're hearing this, we've <laughs> either won 3-0 or lost 3-0. I don't know. <laughs> I took my son to see Kaiju Big Battle finally after... I think it was last year we talked about how much I wanted to go. Yeah, how was that? Oh, it was awesome. I loved it. It was... Well, I'll put a link in there of... Someone took a, a video from across where I was sitting. So you can actually see me in the upper right <laughs> as we're watching this thing. It's like a little nine-minute summary of this 90-minute show. They just edited it down. It was awesome. If you like all the corniness of pro wrestling, it, this is that to the nth degree. Um, but we had a great time, but they had a little like snack stand and, and concession stand, and there was someone in front of me, because I went to go buy Jay's shirt, and they were like, um, what about this one? Did you have this in like a medium? And like they were going back and forth, and like the lady behind the counter was just like, you got to pick a shirt. Well, how about that one? Do you have that one in a medium? And they would hold it up like it was going to be a different cut. It's like the same, yeah. shir- same shirt, different design. I'm like, do you think you this have one will think? fit? Well, it was like, they had a medium of the the shirt in black, and then they wanted the shirt with the, in black with a different design, and they were like, oh, I think that one might fit better. It's the same shirt. Yeah, everyone behind me was getting all irritated and all. But yeah. Idiots. I was happy to Idiots, see Idiots, all of them. Just to get kids' shirts. They didn't have kid sizes online, so I was happy in person they did, but it was great. It was a, it was a lot of fun. It was something I was very glad I, I finally got to go and do. And, yeah. Um, what, what do you expect from people that go to watch that rubbish anyway? <laughs> Come on. Well, you know what there is? There, uh, they had a comic book convention, which I had wanted to go to that yeah. too, but that was definitely pushing it with, you know, <laughs> someone watching the daughter. Yeah, and, so much to get away. Yeah. Um, but so you had a whole bunch of people like in, in costume coming. Yeah, there was uh, people who don't look anything like Laura Croft, dressed like Laura Croft, and um, a whole, whole bunch of those kind of shirts you'd get at like T Fury and Snorg Tees and all that have like uh yeah. video game designs or or neat little like sayings and you know like like well you have the thing that you put up at Threadless. Yeah. That that kind yeah. of shirt would be what all people were wearing there, so it was, it was neat. It was a lot of fun though. Yeah. Just going back to the Laura Croft thing. Uh-huh. There is a uh, top ten Laura Croft website out there did you know no do i want to see it though is it, is it well every red-blooded man should see it i think well it depends it could be the 10 worst you know that there are some ropey crofts in here yeah. but yeah it, i think it's all the, the ones that have styled themselves uh, and been the promotional face over the years anyway oh, okay. so i might put that a link in the show notes there so okay yeah, because I know BamKapow.com has like 50, 50 hot women in Wonder Woman cosplay outfits. So yeah. then you have the ones like awful Princess Leia <laughs> want to be people oh. who dress like Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi who shouldn't be dressed like Princess Leia. They're like the big fat dancer that was in the front of it. Yeah, in, in, at the start of um, uh, Jedi. Dancing yeah. around in their Leah suit, going, "Oh, look at me!" Ooh. Exactly. And we had actually two other little, little bits of news. Oh, my daughter's birthday was yesterday. Woo-hoo. Good for her. Um, <laughs> and my son actually participated in the math bowl at his school, which was an interesting parallel because we talked about Sterling Hedgepath in another episode, and and the math competition I had been in at the same age and got sent to this thing. So it was kind of neat that he was there. But my job is to make questions for textbooks and um, like standardized tests, all these high-stakes tests and, and practice for them. 
and I'm sitting in the audience with my wife, and they flash the question up on the board, on like a big screen, and all the kids in the audience are supposed to work on it while the actual contestants are working on it. And okay. they had these different teams, like each each class, each homeroom teacher had a representative group of four, and they're supposed to work together and run the answers up. And so I'm in the audience kind of like critiquing the questions, like, that's a good question, this one's... Like, I can... you <laughs> The kids hold up their answers on these little, little whiteboards when they're done, and right. either they would get it right or they would get a mistake that... If it was a good question, it's the kind of mistake they're supposed to make. Like, you know, it's it's it fits. It was a good question, and someone who thinks the wrong thing is going to get a certain answer. But every once so in a while, you, you can have a good mistake and a absolute bad mistake where they just made to look very silly. Well, yeah, here's a perfect example. There was one question where uh, it was—I I can't remember how it was phrased exactly—but it was well written because you can get the right answer by doing the things you were supposed to do. Like you actually were supposed to times by two and then add seven to get the answer. But it would be a good question because you can get the wrong answer by doing that in the wrong order. If you plus seven first and then times by two, you get a different answer. And there was a reason you might've actually subtracted instead of added or divided instead of multiplied. It all made sense. So that was a good question. Then there was a question. It turned out to be the only one that my son's group got wrong. And they flashed it on the screen, and I said to Marianne, one of those groups is going to think that there's five cereals instead of four. And I, the question said, Tony has bran flakes, oat nuts, circle O's, and frosted rice, and he has berries and bananas. And every morning he likes to have a cereal with a fruit. What are, how many different combinations could he make? So it's, right. it's four cereals, two fruits. There's eight total combinations. And the way they had typed it up, they broke the line so that... I didn't say them in the right order, but it looked like there were five different cereals. Right, yeah, so okay. as you're reading across, it was like Bran Rice was the name of the cereal. So you would think like Bran, comma, Rice. And as you're reading yeah. across, your brain's going to do that. And uh, if anybody gets that wrong, that's, that's probably what they're going to get wrong. The kind of good mistakes that you would have, like if it was multiple choice, you'd put... 4 plus 2, 4 times 2 would be the right answer, 4 divided by 2, 42. You can do all kinds of weird little things. And so what's the only group that gets that wrong is my son's. And uh, he he says to us after, he goes, we all thought there were five cereals. We were so confused by the way they wrote the question. And so I felt for him. That's what I remember from my test when I was at school. Uh, All the questions were written in such a way where you are confused about what is on the paper. And that's where a lot of the mistakes come from. I know they keep saying you have to read it and then read it again. <clears throat> and a lot of us did. We, we used to read the questions and then read it again. But if you've read it a certain way once, then you'll read it again that way again. And it, that's where the confusion comes from. And oh, they, yeah. they, they tend to try to confuse you to make you go, ha ha, you didn't get 100%. Instead of laying it out nice and easy. Everyone would lay out some nice and easy, the easiest possible way to complete it. And, But schools don't tend to do that. They tend to really try and cock you up. Well, and they talk about there being a difference between good classroom questions and good test questions, or even a pre-test and an actual assessment question. Because like in a classroom, you can let it be kind of convoluted because then it's a good discussion thing and, and you you know I thought this oh really I did this thing and you can all talk about it and you can learn from it but when you're actually sitting there no talking allowed 30 minutes to answer 40 questions you don't want to have any of that kind of gotcha stuff or, no. or like oh you missed that little part and what had kind of happened the reason I was in that mindset is prior to going to the little math ball I had to proofread these questions written by this company in India and yeah it's it's not their fault but the the questions the context are just so bizarre sometimes i think i mentioned once before it's like 6 dollar hotel rooms and there there was uh actually one of the questions in their contest was the same kind of way cuz it was a sparrow and an eagle and the sparrow travels 
at 68 kilometers per hour for six hours, and Eagle traveled at 87 kilometers per hour for three hours, mm. which doesn't sound too bad until you realize how fast that really is. Yeah. You know, 87 kilometers per hour. That birdie's buzzing uh, yeah. hard. It's <laughs> flying fast. It's faster than it's most cars. It's down. Is it a dead bird falling from the I, sky? That's what I said. It's on fire. You know, and now a fourth grader is not going to really get that. But if that was getting submitted to like a textbook company, people like me, our job is to sit there and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Unless your bird is supersonic, uh, no. You yeah. Know, you're, you're not going to have Tony working at the movie theater earning $3,000 a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's put it That's what they need, there. though. They, they, they need some children to actually make up questions because... My my kids come out with wicked questions sometimes. It bugs the hell out of me. But mm-hmm. sometimes they come up to me and just ask a random, I don't know, uh, what's better, Daddy, a, a stone or a kangaroo? Or what's <laughs> better, a guitar or a feather? And weird stuff like that. And you have to answer them because they go, okay, well, what do you think is better? Uh, okay, a stone. Why? Why is a stone better? And then you have to explain why a stone's better than whatever. And oh, Yeah. They're brilliant, though. They yeah. should have questions like that. I love how the kids think certain things make the questions harder. Like on uh, Take Your Daughter to Work Day, my daughter w- was making a couple questions. And so I showed her what kind of things you do and what they should be modeled on. And she made a couple of questions. And I said, well, those are good, but they're a little too easy. We need to make them harder. So instead of doing like 13 plus 15, she changed it to 413 plus... 115. Uh, okay, how about a little harder than that? Okay, 2,415. Like, okay, you're not really making it harder, you're just making it bigger, but uh, sometimes in the car we'll sit there and they'll be like, oh, you know, what's uh, 6 times 2? And Okay, yeah, can you do a harder question? Like maybe 600 times 200? <gasps> wait, 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 wait. Well, <laughs> yeah, far too many zeros yeah. for that. You'll you'll never work in a shop and add money up. God damn you! You only have to work the till. I always think it's funny. Like, well, what if it's just like, or six hundred plus two hundred? It's like, oh, it's so big. Well, how about six apples plus two apples? Oh, that's easy. That's eight. Okay, well, let's call mm. apples hundreds. <laughs> it's the same thing. No, no, it doesn't yeah. work. And apples a hundred? <laughs> it's like teaching kids the how to read a clock as oh, well. Oh yeah. So uh, number one, and then you go to number two, and these are all the hours, and then. When you're on the minute hour, one equals five. What? What do you mean? What do you mean one equals five? And then two equals ten. Okay, right. You've, you've lost me now. <laughs> and it's brilliant. Why do you think clocks and time avoided this whole metric thing? I mean, we changed, or there was a, well, there was a movement to change away from yards and feet and, and all these things that are not base ten. I have no idea, but I do remember at school, me and a friend, uh, Kerry, and he should remember this, we were sat in geography and we told one of our classmates that they were removing two months out of the year. <laughs> and he's going, what? What months? Why are they doing that? I said, well, it's going metric. I can't remember the description we gave him, but we told him. And we had him so good as well. He was cacking his pants. And then we found that his birthday was in July, I think. And we, yes, it's July and August they're removing. <gasps> what do you mean? What about my birthday? Oh, no. And I was, but we had him for... Ages, but that's what kids are like. But yeah, we had you. <laughs> That'd be great. You'd live to be uh, instead of living to be eighty, you'd live to be like a hundred and ten. You'd always be twelve if your birthday was then. Is removed completely. You'd just always be twelve. So, do you know anyone whose birthday is February twenty ninth? No, I don't. You know, I, I would think, especially when you're little, you celebrate your birthday just the day before, the day after. Those years, it's not there, but. Just the way people are, I'm sure there's 40-year-old people who are like, it's my 11th birthday this year. No, you're weird. <laughs> You'd have to be. You'd have to do that. It'd be rude not to. I think it all depends on how you carry that. If you say that in like a way too serious tone, you're going to get a beating. <laughs> but if yeah, you can yeah. can say it jokingly for a little bit and then be like, ah, oh, no, 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 you know. I hope yeah, he doesn't definitely. card me. I'm only 11. Oh, <laughs> that's when people are like, oh, shut up. But yeah, that's, that's the bit of uh, mirth and merriment in our home these days. Awesome. How was, how was your um, blood things uh, that you had done? 
Well, you, I have here. Have them done I had I had the blood thing done, and uh, you might remember in last episode I said there was this call saying come in as soon as I can. But yeah, how, how's next Friday? So yeah. I I just dismissed it. But I, I did finally go in. Well, I went in as soon as I could, and. Um, so, yeah, there was a, a spike. I have the paper here in front of me. The doctor's notes say, very abnormal. <laughs> Has he ever been to see a specialist for this, this, and all this stuff, and and make him come into the office? So I go in, and they're talking about these numbers, and whatever, I, I don't want to get into the specifics too much. I don't want to be annoyingly vague either, but, but something that had been kind of getting watched, but was sort of within the range of normal, had spiked to like 10 times the level it was supposed to be in. And it kind of makes sense because it fits in with probably about two and a half months ago. Something just didn't seem right, right for me in general. And that was one of the reasons I finally went to get the blood work. But so they sent me for more tests. And I'm not a big fan of any of that stuff anyway. But it was like a two-stage test. So I, I went for something today. And then depending on the results of that, uh, it's either kind of something relatively mild and, and we'll keep an eye on it and we'll just, take care of with certain medicine or it could be like all right now we have to go see how serious this is and it yeah and so that's uh i I guess that would be next week but so i'm there today for this test and i get you know super stoic nurse who i can't get any read on at all as she's doing these tests and i've kind of been nervous about it with my daughter's birthday and i've been kind of just kind of the heavy sense of mortality and kind of like oh man if this turns out bad I didn't get to do this yet, and I wasted this time, and I regret that decision and this decision. So, I've kind of been yeah. kind of heavy-hearted about it. And uh, <laughs> and my wife is the queen of crush your fingers; everything's going to turn out just fine. You know, bills. The water just keeps coming. I haven't paid a bill in two years. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I'm paying the bills. You know, like oh, you know. The lawn looks great. Yeah, because someone's mowing the lawn. You know, the laundry. I never run out of clothes. That's just her attitude toward everything. So as she's kind of patting me on the head going, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. I'm giving her the look like, yeah, there's someone who does all those things for you, dear. Not that she doesn't know, but that's busting her on it. Yeah, of course. But so I I was trying, I worked this, this nurse as hard as I could to try to get information. Like, first I asked details about the next test, hoping that she'd be like, oh, you're not going to need that. And and she didn't bite at all. She just gave me matter of fact details about it, and and I knew she knew what was on the, the results of the test. You got like early results, preliminary results. Yeah, it's it's like that. They're at a an Oscar ceremony. They have their little envelope, and they know exactly who the winner is and who the losers are. But they'll drag it out a little bit more just to build up the tension. Yeah, she's sworn to silence, I guess. And uh, so then I said, well, my understanding is that this next test, if I have it silence nothing okay if i have it then that would be like another two days i'd have to come in for part one I'd do this thing and then i have to come back for results after that yes okay well my schedule is really tight so i know i don't have the results of this yet but do you think i should schedule it now just because i'm as soon as they say yes go get the test i'm not gonna want to have to wait like two weeks because it's my daughter's birthday and i was trying to get her to say like oh yeah yeah let's Let's book it now. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. You you know, in about 48 hours, your doctor will have the results, and then you guys can figure out. Like, <clears throat> just tell me. Tell me one way or another. Couldn't get a straight answer. And as I'm, it was one of those things where you can't watch either, but I, I, I hear the, hmm, mm-hmm, mm, mm click, <laughs> click. Uh, mm, yeah. Okay, hold on. <sighs> it was driving me nuts. So I'm a, I'm a bit stressed about it all. Yeah. Then I sit there and I think of like, oh, you know, stress affects your health. <laughs> so mustn't like, stress, mustn't stress. It was awful last night. Again, it's my daughter's birthday. Everyone goes to bed. I'm kind of calm, and I'm I'm on the computer like researching possible outcomes of all these tests and like kind of get myself down. Then I'm reading like anxiety increases the likelihood of this. Like, oh man, all right, I, I'm not nervous. Yeah, yeah. So. So then I went back and I yeah, poked through all our old links and stuff. <laughs> I was having fun clicking on, uh, <laughs> I played Pac-Man Google and the uh, Nintendo simulator and stuff. Yeah. I know that's kind of a heavy thing to have on here. There's been a couple times that we've shared a little bit more personal things. And I, I'm hoping that people don't mind 
I'm not looking for any kind of like pity or pat on the head or like, oh, we're thinking of you. It's by the time you guys listen to this, I'll know what the situation is, and if it's something discussion worthy, I'll give you yeah. the, the bare bones. But well, this is this is our little soapbox to get things off our chest sometimes, isn't it? And you know, we can do silly and humorous stories now and again, and we we also like to be a bit different and go a bit deeper as well sometimes. Yeah. So it, it's nice to get like a, a good balance of that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it was different, too, talking here as opposed to putting something on uh, that other page, the little blog I have, or something on Twitter. Twitter would be tough because it's 140 characters. (laughs) You make, like, a little uh, haiku. Stressed I Mm. am, test manana, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Something bizarre like that. That's too cryptic. And then, I guess it was March of 2009, I have something on that other page about another test I had, kind of sort of related to this, where I I had kind of a bad feeling about it. That actually made me feel good. It was the pre-pre-test of all this stuff that was going on today, but I was reading how anxious I was and stressed. Right. But then I was thinking, okay, this is still here. (laughs) So I don't want to put something on here that 10 years from now I'm going to be like, wow, that was whiny yeah dark times (laughs) i know but it's tough because i I generally i don't think i'm a like share a whole lot about myself person in that i don't think a lot of people really care about the minutiae you know Mm -hmm. we we tell a little funny anecdotes or share enough i think with the listeners that um there's nobody on twitter that i follow or follows me that i've ever actually spent time in a room with in real life but i would say at, at least 30 or 40 people that I consider good friends, either that we talk like this on, or we email back and forth or, um, you know, that I, I would feel at least as close friends with as the people you work with and I probably have a more common interest with, but still it's... Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'd say the same and you can put your feelings out there as well, but I wouldn't put just one word and then wait for a reaction for a hundred people to come back and go, oh, what's the matter? I, I don't do that. Oh, yeah, I'm not people really do that. a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the the shock factor. I I have a hard time too, and I look back at at a lot of instances where someone I really knew well and and cared about had something going on, and I really am bad at knowing what to say or do. I, friends whose parents passed away, or mm-hmm. or were going through any kind of like a, a variety of different issues and strife, and and I just kind of like uh, I I hide sometimes, or you know, conveniently don't have that situation arise. And I, I regret that in hindsight, but I, I can understand why someone else would feel that way too. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember doing that as well. I've I've had friends and family that you know passed on, and okay, I'm going to bump into this person. I don't really want to bump into this person, but I have to. And oh, it's it's horrible. But once it's done, then it's done, and then you can just carry on. You, it's that initial contact that you have to. You know, where do I look? Do I look in the eyes? Do I look at the feet? Oh, what do I do? Do I say? Am I upbeat? Am I really low-key? What do I do? And it's really crazy sometimes. It really screws you up. Yeah. I think for me, a big part of it is I I don't care for that fake token conversation goes on where nothing that's said is is sincere and meant. Like, oh, yeah, we'll have to get together Mm -hmm. sometime. Oh, yeah, I'll give you a call next week. Back back and forth. And none of that's ever going to happen. So, like, for me, I'm reluctant to offer something... Not because I'm not going to follow up myself, but I, I don't want to come across as like, ooh, I'm a certain level of friend that, yes, they're going to want to talk to me, or you would borrow money from me, or you want me to watch your kids for you so you can go take care of that. In my head, there's always there's another level of closer friend for a lot of these people that for me to make that offer is going to be kind of like, uh, yeah, no, you're not our choice. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Just just send us the card and... and uh, you know, wish us well and all. Certainly for my brother or or a best friend. I mean, that's different. But yeah. a lot of times with that person at work, like I can remember having a boss who I had just gotten the job and I didn't know that her husband was sick when I was hired. But then within the first year, I think he had like throat cancer or something, something severe and it moved along and everyone else had worked there for a long time. I was the new person. I don't think I'd ever really met him. And, you know, it was just awkward, to, you know, Certainly, I I wanted to be supportive and I wanted to go to the wake and all that stuff. But anything I would have said was just yeah. You can be overly yeah. It, it would have been insincere to do anything more than to just kind of wave and say oh, I'm really sorry if there's anything I can do to help. Just let me know. But 
There were other yeah. people who were like, come and stay with us, and oh, you know, like all this gushy kind of... I know they weren't that close of friends. They were just going through the motions. Not that I'm dying, yeah. by the way. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I, I just mean in general, like, well, you know, I, I realize we're... You shouldn't have said that. You, you could have built up a big aura there. Everyone was sitting there on the edge of their seats, biting their nails, going, oh, my God, oh, you never know. it's going to end. I don't know. <laughs> I, it, I don't know that I would tell anyone I was dying. Let, let me get on the podcast. Let me get on Twitter, the podcast, and put on my blog. Three weeks to live. Okay. I don't think you I You can have a little countdown that. clock. Did you know that there's an actual death clock as well? You can actually type your, uh, uh, I think, your, your status, if you're a smoker, if you're a non-smoker, if you're... Happy, pessimistic. Yeah, I've seen uh, those things. And you type it in, and then you get your date of death. I th- they're brilliant. I think if, well, right, let's go this route. If if this series of tests were to be worst case, where like just all of a sudden a month from now, I get some awful news somehow, and they're like, oh, you know, yeah. you've got this. Uh, we found like you know on, on there's a parasite. This bizarre Bolivian parasite has been like sucking on your lung, you know, and <laughs> I don't think you're going to make it through Christmas. You know, people, they do, like, their final six months, and they chronicle their cancer treatments and all that stuff online, and it's kind of inspirational, yeah. but again, I, I don't picture people really caring, like, if I was a celebrity, or certainly my closest friends might care enough, but I would have a hard time doing that, and I would... Only, only be able to do that if I knew for sure that I wasn't in some way taking away from time with the offline mm. world. I mean, I, I guess for some people that's like an outlet, but I mean, I wouldn't. Well, what happens if you was a non-celebrity and somehow it made it way its way into the mainstream that you was doing this uh, diary and you've only got six months to live, and then you've suddenly had a, a TV crew following you around, documenting everything that you're going through and watching you slowly decay away. I think there's people and they do that six, with them. six And then six months' time passes by and they're sitting there going, okay, you should be gone by now and we've got a contract of you know so many time and they're just waiting for you to pass on. Yeah. And uh, it, it'll be strange them sitting there going, okay, right, when, when are you going to die? We've got <laughs> other places to do. Do you think you'll make it through September? Because we have someone else lined up for the second season. If not, uh, let us know and we'll push that. Yeah, we don't want to have two competing season. shows. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to overlap. There's a man down the road with a camel that can do a dance. Yeah, we want to go film him as well. So, you know, if you don't mind just sitting here for a little bit, we'll go and film that. Yeah, what I wonder about that too is just like all these other uh, reality celebrities, then like their family and friends, like it. It drags in a periphery of, of other people in with it, too. You'd be like, watch our spinoff, Crazy Neighbor, who brings lots of cookies. She's getting a show on the Food Network. You yeah. saw her bring Scott muffins back in episode 13. Get her orange cake recipe from episode 17. Ooh, check Didn't out Scott's, her muffin. <laughs> Didn't Scott's soup look tasty in episode 22? Get Carol's recipe on her new show on the Food Network. That'd be awesome. It would be. That's how it would be. Did, have you seen Ed TV and The Truman Show? Uh, I've seen The Truman Show. I haven't seen Ed TV, though. They're similar concepts, but definitely different executions, because Ed voluntarily chooses to chronicle his life. Right. Like He signs it away, and then, you know, the invasion... It's all about the effect the invasion on the privacy has on his life, as opposed to Truman, who completely unaware that he's... He's been there. I like both of them. I like Truman Show a lot. That's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. I saw that in the cinema as well. And I remember enjoying it, but people panning it really hard as well, saying, oh, no, he can't act. He can't do this. He can't do that. And it's slightly bombing, but it's turned into more of a, a cult classic movie. That yeah, it's on TV really a lot. Enjoy that. that and Shawshank Redemption are on a lot. <laughs> But I, I really like Truman Show, and that's something, too, that once you've seen it once, you can really jump in anywhere. Like, oh, this is the part where this happens, that happens. Yeah, Shawshank, I've only seen that once. 
which is a shame. I haven't seen the Godfather movies either, but I'm not really bothered about the Godfather movies. It's just a, an old guy going <laughs> muddling his way through life. And okay, I'm not really bothered about that. Thank you very much. It's the cultural references. That's something. I, I forget who I was talking to about it. I guess someone on my hockey team. We were talking about how they're remaking all these things and like the 18 movie and all. And with our kids. When they get older, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but this idea of their generation's culture. Like for us, it's Star Wars and it's the old Transformer. All, all the things that are being redone now were the defining parts of our our culture, you know, music-wise. Oh, yeah. And, but, like, I don't know. I, SpongeBob and Timmy Turner and... <laughs> I don't yeah, know what it'll, it'll be SpongeBob and Phileas and Ferb and... What else? It'll be Twilight as well. That'll be just above. I'm sure there's the Harry Potter movies as well. You've got all that. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, what I, I see is... See, Star Wars came out before I was born. It was uh, came out the year before I was born. So, But I, I still love it. I, but I don't see Mark Hamill on the TV. I only hear his voice on the Batman cartoons every now and again when I catch it in the background. And... I'd imagine the same for... Uh, who's a guy who plays Harry Potter? Radcliffe. Yeah, that guy. I'd imagine him turning up every now and again, but the kids rem- remembering him from Harry Potter. Because they're going to be huge movies. I know, how many are there? There's, there's going to be eight, isn't there? Or I seven? think so. So they're, they're going to be huge in years and years to come. They're not going to die out at all. And that'll be like their version of their Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, we'll put in the show notes the interview with Jake Lloyd that I know we had talked about at some point, and I think we had it when we were using Twitter a lot more, but it was 10 years after episode one, and you just kind of see him just... Oh, he's messed up, isn't yeah. he? He probably yeah. takes so much crap. Like, it's his fault that the movies weren't that good. A lot of people batter him for that as well. They come up to oh, yeah, you was Anakin, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, your voice has dropped. What was he expecting? It was 10, 15 years ago. You know, get over it. He, he's not in the film business or anything now, is he? I no, don't know well, what he was he's doing. born in 1989. So how old was he for the actual movie? That was 1999? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he was only 10 years old. That's an awful lot. And that, that film probably had so much post-production work. He was probably only like eight when he was filming. Yeah. There's a big pause while we worked out how old he was between 89 and 99 as well. (laughs) Right. Uh, Any more news from your your way of life at the moment? No, no, we can change gears. You got a a website or anything outside our lives? Well, I've been noticing in the news recently, there's been lots of amputee stories. So I was just wondering if I could hit on two of these, if you don't mind. Sure. There's, There's a guy... Mr. Metz, I think his name is, he's an American man who tried to cut off his own arm after it got stuck in a furnace boiler. He did cut it off, right? I remember seeing yes. a bit of that, yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy actually cut his arm off. He's, his arm, he was reaching behind a furnace, I don't know what the shape of it was, but he was reaching behind a furnace and it got wedged. And the more he pulled his arm, the more he got stuck. And he was stuck down there for hours and hours in, in a basement of his house. And it reached a point where he thought, what would MacGyver do, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. MacGyver would cut his arm off. So he proceeded to chop his arm off. I th- it, oh. Let me play you a clip anyway. Hang on a minute. I could see if he was there for a week. But it was 12 hours yeah. and he gave up. 12 hours. That, that's not long enough for me to cut my arm off. Mom... Bomb doesn't get home till ten. Oh, I can't make it. I'm getting rid of the arm. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, I think I would have lasted maybe. What the body can survive three days without water. I think two and a half days would be okay for me, just sitting there. But no, let me play. I've got a clip of him anyway. Hang on a minute. It took me about six hours to psych myself up to the point where I thought. I was capable of actually doing what I thought needed to be done. Um, and, and so after about 18 hours of being trapped um, with my arm stuck in the boiler, um, the, I fashioned a tourniquet out of the shirt I was wearing, um, tied it as best I could, and started cutting. Um, 
it, it, the cut was going well for surprisingly well actually for for about halfway through and then I don't know if I hit an artery or a vein or, or whatever it was, but the uh, the level of blood that began to come out of the wound um, became alarming, um, and and the tourniquet I had fashioned became basically ineffective. Um, I sat down as best I could at that point um, and started to to have thoughts that this was going to be it. Um, I, I did the, the mental math and didn't see that I had the time to complete a cut with no tourniquet. I spent some time thinking about, um, you know, what I had to lose and, and what I would be leaving behind and, and what my alternatives were. Now, what do you think he actually used to cut his arm off? I, I'm baffled. I am just baffled by... The whole thought process he had. And then it says that he didn't didn't get the arm off all the way. Like, they came and rescued him with his arm still stuck in there. He couldn't even do that properly, right? Okay, fair enough. You, you, why not just put your arm in the same way it came out? Maybe he fell over and got wedged. We don't know the situation there. But 12 hours is not long enough for me to cut my arm off. Sorry, it is not long enough. And did he have a knife handy or... Well, like I said, oh, some, where someone came and rescued him while he was still in the process of it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks really glum. I know he's lost his arm, but he he's probably going, if I just waited a little bit more, you know, someone would have found me. Bollocks. And now I haven't got an arm. Well, he I, spent I, six hours. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm confused by this because it says he spent 12 hours before he decided what what MacGyver would do. Then he said it took him six hours to get himself psyched up. Yeah, I'm sorry, but what would MacGyver do is the moral of this one. One of the comments says he was there for two days. I I don't know. I'm going with 12 hours. This guy looks so depressed. It it must have been 12 hours. Well, he has a website. And so it says on his website, helpjohnmetz.com, that he was there for more than two days. So I'll give him a little bit more slack. Yeah. John's story. On June 7th, he was performing routine maintenance on the furnace in his West Hartford, Connecticut home when his left arm became lodged inside. With no response to cries for help and looming threat of fatal infection. No. John made the decision most people can scarcely imagine. He found uh, Drifting into and out of consciousness, John was ultimately able, ultimately unable to free himself and was found on the third day in his basement. Bloody hell. I'm, see, I, I'd like to see, not pictures of it, but pictures, maybe like a, a, a graphic uh, reenactment of it, so I know how far his arm was in the furnace or round the back of the furnace, where he, he, he couldn't have cut round the elbow or the shoulder, because it looks like he's locked it off at the very shoulder. That's the thickest part of your arm sometimes as well, isn't it? Especially with me. Christ. Well, I... He may have cut lower, but they may have had to cut higher. Especially the where would you of... cut? Well, it depends where it's lodged. It... But okay, right, you're lodged halfway up your forearm. You can't. You I can't... think you have to go elbow. You have to go. I think you try to avoid cutting through bone. You try to cut where the yeah, bones it, meet. It's got to be through the bone, hasn't it? And what happens if you've? What happens if you've only got a rusty spoon to go with, or? A nail or a hacksaw. I think I really would... Unless something fell, like you said, and pinned it, I would think you try to... I can't even imagine. But I would think you got your hand in there, so you only need so much, whether it's scrape the skin off or something, try to get the size of of your arm smaller. I imagine... Do you remember Homer Simpson when he tried to get the can out of the vending machine? I wonder if he's a little bit like that. I'm not letting go of the can. Yeah. I'm not letting go of it. Have you ever gotten stuck in something and panicked for a moment? Like you, maybe you're, you get extra blood, like the blood goes to a part of your body and it, it swells. Yeah, definitely. I got stuck up a tree. I got stuck up a tree and they called the fire brigade. My, my knee, there was a tree and it was in the V shape and my Mm. knee actually locked in, into the very V shape of the tree. Mm. And 
it doesn't didn't matter how hard I pulled, it just wouldn't come out. And I was cacking my pants. I really was. Yeah, was I horrible. panic sometimes with that. And then I, they say sometimes if you wait, it'll kind of, you know, the swelling will go down and all, but sometimes it gets worse. It says here, yeah. doctors agree that John's heroic improvised surgery prevented the deadly infections and toxins of the damaged left arm from spreading throughout his body. So what's he done? He must have really mangled his hand and arm up. He will need $100,000 or more for his new prosthetic arm. Insurance will only cover oh. part of it, so he hopes to defray the cost with donations from the public. I wonder if his insurance company turned around and said, well, no, technically, you didn't lose your arm. You cut your own bloody arm off, so you know we're not paying out. That wouldn't surprise me. Ooh. All right, so we have six comments on his site. I, I have to think that someone's sitting there deleting the obnoxious ones. Right. Dominique Darland says, Hi, my name is Dominique Darland. I am 17 years old. I know how you fell about losing a body part. I think that's supposed to be spelled much differently. Last yeah. year I had my left leg and pated. When you get your prosthetic, at first it's hard, but over time it gets easy. Keep moving forward. Don't give up. Rachel wishes him best wishes on his recovery. Mandy M. says, Hi, John. My name is Mandy Mullenix. I'm 34, and like you, I'm an amputee. Complete right arm. I just want to encourage you to keep staying positive. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lexi. They're all women. Lexi, Dawn, Carol. Dawn P. Hey, John. I saw you over the National News yesterday. What an amazing survival story. I'm really glad you're okay. As a fellow do-it-yourselfer who lives alone, your story really struck a chord. I hope you're fitted with your new arm and back to work again in no time. You're obviously the type of person who can meet a challenge head-on. I really hope, I really, really hope these aren't, like, a well-meaning cousin or something just trying to put some nice comments up there. Yeah. But, and I understand there's only six comments because I'm sure someone is getting rid of the derogatory ones, and I I would do that, too. But it's funny how Dominique, Rachel, Mandy, Lexi, Dawn, and Carol are the only ones who left comments, and they're all basically the same tone. Mm. Bob's not well, a fan. <laughs> well, funny enough, there was a, a story just the day before that I found, and I have found about three or four amputee uh, stories this week already. But this second story, it's uh, British amputees' anger at limbs are destroyed by UK hospital. Now, there's two British guys who are forced to have their legs sur- surgically removed, said they would have their rights to have their amputated limbs back at home. They're not happy that their legs are classed as uh, waste and they're actually getting burned. They want their legs or arms or whatever it is to come home with them. Oh, well, they want, like, a complete skeleton when they die, basically, right? Yeah, they they want to be buried with their their body parts, which I, I get that. I understand that. I totally understand that. Or they want to bury them themselves instead of just being thrown away like like scraps of food that have been left on the table. And I totally understand that, but at what part do you stop coming home with your own body parts? You know, you don't know... When, when you go into hospital, you have a baby, you bring your baby home. When you go to the dentist, sometimes the kids bring home their teeth. <laughs> yeah. I've never had my tonsils out, but damn, I'm going to be asking for my tonsils in a jar when I bring them home as well, because them bad boys have caused me no end of pain, so they're coming home with me. But I don't think, you know, touch wood, it never happens, but if my leg falls off, I'm coming home with my leg slung over my shoulder. I'm not going to do that. I, I don't know how I, I might have it cremated, I suppose, and then I could scatter it all over the garden where I used to run around, I suppose. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I understand their, their situation, but I don't, I don't want to see people walking home with arms and legs in carrier bags. It's a reasonable request, provided you have plans. You know, you have refrigeration and storage. You don't want to have a health issue. No. If you say, well, I've made arrangements with this cryogenics place, they're going to store it, or they're going to cremate it, so it's with me. I, I can imagine some people's religious beliefs have it be that if they don't have that body part, they'll go to the afterlife without that body part. I can understand that, yeah, but... 
But I don't think you can don't say, I'm going to put it on my kitchen table. I'm going to mount it. Yeah. Pickle your left arm. No, thank you. You could probably go to, like, a, an embalmer and have it so that it's still the bone and... I'd play tricks with kids, though. I'd get it out every now and again and just, like, you know, shake my hand. Oh, look, my arm fell off. And little kids running, screaming back to their parents. Your kids are looking for their birthday present. Daddy, what's in the box under the bed? <laughs> Although they'd have to know you don't have a real arm at that point. Oh, Daddy, not again. I keep having nightmares that the hand comes and gets me. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's all I've got for the moment anyway. So that's, I think that's plenty. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good note to leave it on. Yeah. I do want to give a, a shout-out and plug for one of the other podcasts on the Rogue 2 Network. If you are not listening to those other shows, you should. It's Creeping with Armstrong and... Rethinking Lost, our show, and uh, Geek Squared has just had an episode this past week uh, where they go through Entertainment Weekly's top 100 characters of the last 20 years, and oh, cool. they talk about that and a couple other things. It's a it's a good show uh, based on how they talk about their listener numbers. Not all of you are listening to them as well, so definitely give it a listen if if you like the best parts of our show you're going to like listening to theirs. Mm-hmm, so definitely. I definitely suggest you check it out. And that's a... Well, go to Rogue... <laughs> go to Rogue2, R-O-G-U-E-T-W-O dot com and you can get uh, a link to the Geek Squared podcast or actually listen to the episodes there. I'd give you their website, but you know, the whole squared and, yeah, and I, all that I, stuff I, makes it a little confusing. Geek2-something. Yeah. It's... It, I think there's a geek and podcast and squared and twos and in the title. It's up to you to decipher it and jumble it around to find out the correct code. Not that we're criticizing. No, 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 no. But there's a reason that our apotheosis of a bombast is just bombast podcast. It's catchy, it's zippy, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, be sure to check them out and hit us up with any emails or comments you want. Yeah, uh, send all your emails to bombastpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the site at bombastpodcast.podbean.com. You can Twitter me or Scott if you want. There's a Facebook page. If you find any stories that you want us to cover, then hit us up on there. We've also got all the World Cup teams and all the people who are in the World Cup uh, contest all named up there as well. Uh, if you still need a reminder of that, go two shows behind this one and then you'll find our listing of everyone involved. Yep, very good. Cool. All right. I'm, I'm totally knackered. I'm off to have some more Night Nurse now. So All right. I'll say chocks away, tally-ho, and ta-da. Yep, good night. Bye, everybody. <laughs>